Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. Our goal is not only to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon in conversation about what we're learning and what God is doing in our lives and in our community. This conversation is inspired by our 2023 sermon series for Lent, Seven Deadly Sins, The Power of God to Move Us from Death to New Life. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. So, Jeremy. What? How was Mexico? Oh, I forgot I went. Um, <laughs> it's been that long, huh? Yeah, it's it. God was just really, 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 really good hmm. to me and to others uh, on that trip. Um, I, I went down multiple reasons, went to celebrate a friend's wedding, basically just like a little sister of mine who, uh, after I think like six years of dating, and I don't want to say like, you know, I was the reason they got together because it was really God, but uh, she ended up meeting her now husband because he was on the construction crew that came for one of our mission teams before to help with the construction of the church. Okay. And that's how they met. And so uh, it's a lovely wedding, ended up crashing another wedding while I was there that I was not planning on or even knew about. Lovely older couple. Um, Got to make a sequel to Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Mexico edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that did that helped kind of prepare and work with the um, administradores, the administrators. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the well, our equivalent would be like a church council. Oh yeah, sure. like their church council to help prep for having our mission team come this uh, July and continue to work with our team in Mexico uh, for uh, our sponsored children's program mm-hmm. that I run. My mom uh, started like a nonprofit to help kids continue their education yeah. in the village. And so since we have over 300 kids this coming year, preparing um, on what that will look like this year, especially without a large American presence during the time we normally mm-hmm. help get school supplies and sure. stuff out to kids. And so, um, yeah, no, just a lot of good busy stuff got to help continue grieving my mother Mm -hmm. since I haven't been with that population since then. Um, And she, through God's empowerment and discernment uh, and strength, uh, but her willingness to say yes to God, the things that she was involved in were able to drastically change a community. Yeah. Uh, And now we even have census proof of that, which is really weird to see, but in regards to education in regards to uh, the church growth and all of those things. um, So that's just been a blessing to continue uh, and be a part of, but a lot of people are really taking it hard and hearing stories of uh, uh, the one was like, you know, I was just a little kid, you know, now it's like a 30 some year old woman with two kids. It's like, I was just a little kid and I saw your mom coming down the street. I can see her now with the bandana and the big hat. And I just thought it was an angel. And the hat was like a halo. Uh, And that like, she had her group of angels coming to help me. And your uh, mom was an angel. She was the absolute best. And so just to see those things ring true and, and how people that have so little, fiscally or in resources um, have learned to give more and be more generous Mm -hmm. uh, 
even when they don't have much. And my mom, in regards to the sponsored children's kids, was always like, doesn't, you know, matter if the parents don't go to church or they're just sending their kids to church so that they receive financial help. Like, we just want to help because God calls us to do that. And we're planting the seed and allowing God to to do the rest. And so there's people in the village that are now like, uh, Oh, they don't have to be from the Methodist church for me to like support and help them. Mm-hmm. Like if they're in need, they're in need and we yeah. should be of help. And so, um, I think that theme of generosity, uh, kind of blends into what we're talking about today with greed and quite the antithesis of it. And so with such a theme that is not, happily discussed in our yeah. culture as a society, but also as a church. You're talking about the seven deadly sins or green and greed in particular? Greed in particular. Yeah. I think some of them are very much easily like, a, well, I'm not that bad or that's not something I consider a big struggle, but it's really hard to avoid the greed we have in our lives Yeah, and avoid, and it's harder to deny that mm. um, when confronted with it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how was your heart in preparing for this sermon? Ooh, getting right into it. Um, yeah, I think as I was preparing for this sermon, you know, as a pastor, someone who's been in ministry now for a number of years, um, you know, we all recognize that no one goes into ministry to become wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll leave the televangelist aside. Well, once you're in it for a while and opportunities arise for you to get money, some people take that route. Sure. We'll go with that. Sure. But I don't but think nobody the starts initial, out in yeah. ministry to, to make money. Um, and, and so that's been, you know, true of us. So it's tempting to think, oh, well then, you know, Greed's not something I that we struggle with, that I struggle with, mm. um, and kind of push it out to, you know, arm's length or whatever. It's I'm preaching this one because it's a part of the series and it's for, you know, the rest of the church and because we're Americans. Um But as I was preparing, I realized that, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about um getting off social media and how you challenge the senior high kids to get off uh, social media for Lent and stop playing stuff games on their iPhones and mm-hmm. whatever, and um, and I felt convicted by that and I took that off my phone. Um, but I've found that in the meantime, when I'm feeling stressed or I'm coming home after a long day, I just want to kind of relax or whatever, I still tend to pull out my phone mm-hmm. and look to it for you know, some kind of relief or distraction or something. And I found myself on eBay Mm. looking at records and stuff. Music, not a bad thing, but interesting to see in my own heart that when I took away the distraction of social media, the first thing that popped up was I should buy more. This is so embarrassing. Are you ready, Scott? Yeah. Same thing happened to me. (laughs) But not eBay. Facebook Marketplace, because that's not social. It's still shopping. Oh, that doesn't count? 
No. Game changer. Because it's still shopping. <laughs> so, my problem. <laughs> for anyone that knows me, might not even believe this. And I don't know how, because, like, Facebook Marketplace, it's all algorithm. Unlike eBay, where, like, eBay, you're searching, you're searching. and you're finding yeah, stuff or whatever is sure. basically on the homepage. Facebook Marketplace, it brings up what it thinks you want to buy. Somehow, I ended up down the rabbit hole of classic cars that need to be restored. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious if you actually know Jeremy at all. Because I, 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 I know how to change a tire. I know how to change my oil. After that, I know nothing about how a car operates. But they looked really cool. Yeah. And they're so cheap because they don't work. Right. And so then I was like, how much could it really cost to make it run again? And I was like, there's zero practical purpose for me to have these cars. And yet, for some reason, it's just very entertaining to look through them and just be like, imagine if I was riding in a 1954 Pontiac whatever. <laughs> Like, like I don't know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Rebecca doesn't even. But here we are. Well, now she does. Yeah, no, I think I I said it too late. Because records keep showing up on the porch. I think there should be one there today. (laughs) Which one did you get? Uh, This one was um, Mumford and Sons Babel. It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. And, And that's the thing. Right. Is like having a car is not a bad thing. Sure. Do I need another one? Do I need to start a long, intensive hobby that takes a lot of time and money? Takes a lot of time and money. And I, because it's not in my natural wheelhouse, I don't see it being fruitful for the kingdom. Where, like, my brother in law, he's just naturally a phenomenal mechanic. Yeah. And, and he's already got some relationships that could grow out of that. Absolutely. And, and he's been able to with people at church that aren't uh that have some car issues and don't have the finances to do it, he's been able to show them how to fix it and do it on their own yeah. and use it as a ministry opportunity. That is not my mission mission no. opportunity. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> no, sir. And yet we we can get caught up in the more 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 cuz it's just constantly in our faces yeah. and even personalized even though i can't believe that cars would be a personalized thing for me online would be a personalized thing uh to grab our attention that we could use more how do we filter that yeah good question i think first of all recognizing that that's what's happening you know um and then i think the second thing is is what we talked about in the sermon where it's not just it's not just about stopping trying to stop the greed i think we have to actively work against it and detach ourselves from those possessions from the wealth and i think the primary way we do that is by giving yeah and we've just been talking about not gaining more seeking for more but what about in regards of getting rid of? Because you say, you know, God's not expecting you to get rid of everything you own and live a intense minimalist lifestyle. But then why did Jesus say in Matthew 19, 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Yeah. What do you have to say to that, Pastor Scott? Read the context. 
Pastor Jeremy. That's not on my Bible app. It's not on your Bible app, huh? Um, no, but I mean, he definitely does say that to this young man who comes to him asking, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? This is the, the guy we know kind of colloquially as the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. He comes to Jesus. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. Follow them. He says, yeah, yeah, honor your father and mother, honor the Sabbath, all this. I've been doing them since I was a kid. What else do I need to do? Mm. Mm, I might be putting words in Jesus' mouth. But I want to say it says something about, like, knowing his heart or something like that. Whether it says it or not, it's true. Jesus knew what was in his heart, and he said, you need to go and sell the things you have because those things and your attitude towards them are what is keeping you from following me completely. Yeah. It's kind of like another time somebody comes to him and says, I want to follow you. And he says, okay, then come follow me. So, well, let me go first and bury my father, Mm -hmm. which who probably wasn't even dead at that point. Right. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead for that person. It was the family relationship that was keeping him from following Jesus completely. And so, absolutely, he asks us at times to give up something that is keeping us from following him. Yeah. But it's rarely an across the board. You've got to leave your family behind. You've got to sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. That's what those people needed to do to be healed and made whole. Yeah, and I think that's really hard part about preaching, but also reading is separating the what is for the masses and what is for the individual that we can still learn from and take away from. Um, but sometimes things that were for the individuals are preached for the masses. Right. Uh, and sometimes, uh, yeah, you just get a lot of things mixed up in there. Yeah, which is why in this sermon, I, I wanted to stay close to the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus was preaching to a crowd of people and he wasn't trying to make it specific to any one person. Um, I debated whether to include the passage from Timothy because Paul was writing specifically to Timothy. Yeah. Um, But in writing to Timothy, he was giving him an instruction that seemed to me to be applicable to not just the rich people in the church that Timothy was leading at that time, but to rich people in general, yeah. of which Americans tend to qualify. And sometimes when we think of greed, we don't normally think of greed against God. Mm. Uh, and so when we got into talking about tithing... Um, I always revert back to Malachi Mm -hmm. chapter three, which I will read for us starting at verse six. I, the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed ever since the time of your ancestors. You have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them Return to me and I will return to you says the Lord almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. 
but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, the reason this one hit me really, really hard is because the first time I'd read this is reading through the Old Testament and how much you hear, do not test the Lord your God. Yeah. Do not put the Lord your God to to the test or variations of this stemming from Deuteronomy. Uh, And even Jesus, when he's rebuking... um, the temptation in the desert, uh, he quotes that verse as well. He says, it says, you know, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. Yeah. 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 And so this is, and I confirmed after checking thoroughly, this is the only time where God says we can test him and actually insists on it. Uh, there in verse 10, where it says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough to store it. Wait, so are you saying that if we follow Jesus, we're going to get all kinds of wealth and blessing? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> I was going to throw that on you. Don't, don't throw me into this mess. I'm just going to quote the word because the word is much better than what I can articulate. I And see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. Think of all the biggest blessings of your life. You will not think of one of your paychecks. Hmm. Blessings does not equal money and wealth, though you can be blessed by God providing through money and wealth and generosity. But it's also contingent, right? Very much so. Right? God is saying in that passage in Malachi that If we are faithful Mm -hmm. to give back to him in that tithe, to bring the full tithe into the storehouse, he says, if we're faithful to bring back a 10% portion of what he's Mm -hmm. given to us, then we'll see him blessing. So when, when we live in such a way that we're declaring with our giving that we recognize it all comes from God and we're trusting God to continue to provide for us by giving back before we've paid Mm -hmm. our mortgage, before we've bought groceries for the month, before we've paid the utilities. When we'll give back to God first, he's saying he's going to honor that. And I wanted to clarify when listening to that, listening to the sermon, that when you were going through those things, I didn't want people to imagine, oh, you're saying that, like, I should starve and not have a place to live and this and that. Right. No, but if you were tithing, then maybe you were readjusting your lifestyle and what kind of foods you're buying and making sure that God is getting what he's owed first mm-hmm. before all the things you desire not need. Yeah. Um, and so that I think because it's always that, well, then I couldn't afford to do this, this and that. Well. You don't have to go to Disney three times in a year. And there's nothing inherently wrong with going on vacation or going to Disney. Mm -hmm. But when that becomes a bigger priority for us, Mm -hmm. 
than being faithful in what we're giving to God or being faithful in helping to provide for needs that we are able to provide for yeah. in in those around us. That's where it becomes an issue. By all means, if anyone's going to Disney and would like to take myself with them, I have not been to Disney World before. Yeah, uh, same I've been to Disneyland when I was a kid because I lived out in California. Me too. I didn't live in California. But But never, never the world. In general, this conversation around tithing has drastically changed since I've been a pastor. Hmm. And I'm curious how entering into being a pastor, how navigating conversations about tithing has changed for you. Especially with those that are in your congregation. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the biggest questions that gets asked about tithing is, do I give pre-tax or post-tax? What does that mean? Like, do you give out of your total salary, like your gross salary, mm-hmm. or out of your net salary after the taxes have already been taken out, after oh. all this? Like, do So you... give to government first or God first? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I, I that's where I come down. I think we... Regardless of what the government takes out of our paychecks, yeah. we're still being paid a certain amount. And that's what God's asking us to yeah. give back out of. I'll, you, you went very different than where I was expecting with that question. Because for me, it's been an awkward, like, if I'm verbalized, very pro-tithing, which I think in my generation is a more uncomfortable conversation to discuss than in years past, because before it was just a, that's what you do. Um, It's been, it's been odd because I never wanted to seem like you're lining my pockets. Yeah. If, if you, you know, follow what the Bible says on this one thing, then, and that's why I'm pro-tithing. Like, I was pro-tithing before ever being in ministry. Sure, sure. Uh, and your tithes do not affect my uh, salary. Like, the amount. It might, you know, if you don't, everyone stops tithing, I may not have a job. Right. But it's not like, uh, oh, we got 10% more, so now all staff gets a 10% raise and or whatever the bonus is. Right. There's no correlation. Yeah, yeah there's there. no correlation yeah. with the salary and, and the tithing. And so... It's it's for me, I always try and push, say, I want you to put your money where you see God at work. And yeah. I would hope if you attend this church that you see God working in this congregation. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you would have no quarrel with tithing um, to this congregation yeah. as you're a part of it. And if you have that big of concerns about, you know, how money is being spent by a local church that you're involved in. And maybe you need to get more involved in some of the leadership of that. And, yeah. you know, it's it's always hardest when people come and they say, you know, well, I disagree with this decision the church is making in its spending. Mm-hmm. And uh, that person isn't giving much. That person hasn't taken time to become a member. They're not serving in any area of the church. But they still want to have a say about where the money of the church is going. Yeah. One, you can get more involved. But two, we've got to stop and think, like, am I really being faithful Mm. to what God has called me to do? Yeah. And that's also the beauty of how our church operates is that 
all the money is accounted for. Everything we pay for is accounted for. As a member, uh, you are open. You're welcome to view any files. Like if you want to know how much I'm spending on pizza at youth group, like that information is available to you if you request that information. And our general fund is available readily available more readily available i should say so it's no hiding of like uh where is all this going to it's like it's very much accounted for Mm -hmm. which i really like because even though we take it for granted that is not how every church operates sure sure (laughs) and so yeah but but as we're talking about tithing and and you had mentioned how god wants uh, a cheerful giver Mm mm-hmm does that mean that I can stop giving if I'm not happy about giving up my money? I'm going to go with no. Why? You said it. I did. Well, sort of I did. I didn't say you could give you could stop giving if you didn't have a cheerful heart. I did say that it's about getting to a place where what you're giving is being given out of a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, And I might not have said that clearly enough, um, but it's not a condition of if you're not happy about giving, you don't have to give. I think we're called to give. I think that's how we support the work that God is doing in the world. Uh, I think that's how we declare our trust in God to continue to give. But it's not a, if I'm happy, then I should give. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a, I should give because in that act of giving, God does something in my heart to help me remember and to help me understand what it is he's doing and how he works. I mean, he's a God who gave himself, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the most quoted verses in all of scripture. For God so loved the world, he gave. He didn't give finances. That'd be too easy. It would be too easy. He gave himself. Hmm. Sacrificed all of it for us. And so if we are called to be like God, then we're also called to give. And we're also called to give in such a way that it's sacrificial. And so while I said in the sermon that, you know, 10% might seem out of reach, it doesn't mean that's not where we should aim to get to at some point. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to uh, realign our priorities to get to a point where we could give that. You're saying, you know, how God gave it all mm-hmm. and every means of finance we've had, God has provided or allowed us mm-hmm. to receive. Sure. And so I was listening to a pastor online and uh, you can shoot me straight on uh, on your thoughts and, and preferably your thoughts stemming from scripture. Yeah. Everything uh, we have belongs to God. Yes. So everything we have belongs to God and he's only asking for 10% back. Uh, he's doing this thing on tithing and uh, people saying like, you know, tithing's primarily in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Should we still uphold tithing? Because, you know, Jesus changed everything. So that means I don't have to give anything because that's Old Testament. What we should be focusing, New Testament, which says for this specific topic, not saying everything Old Testament, you don't listen to. I'm just making that clarification. They sold everything they had and had held it in common. 
And they gave to anyone who had need. Exactly. And to give generously. And how many people, when giving to God, do you feel generous when doing so? Because if you're not feeling generous, then you must feel like you're holding something back from God. And yeah. so he's like, no, you're, we're not held to a 10%. We should probably be giving a lot more. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. Give me that comfortable number mm-hmm. so I can feel like I checked it off my list. Mm-hmm. And if I give 10 and a half percent, that's how good of a man of God I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and everyone will be different. And I understand sure. that for this But if we're not giving 10%, you're right. That is an excellent milestone for us to be reaching to because that was the standard set Mm -hmm. um, by God. Um, And if we're at 10%, I think I'm convicting myself here and I don't like that. Um, Have we just gotten comfortable with that 10%? Has it been it's automatically deducted? From my salary, from I have Rebecca take care of mm-hmm. all that. She's good with the money. Sure. I can't be trusted with money. Obviously, I'm looking at classic cars, and I don't know how to do anything with a car. <laughs> I only know stick because that's the only option in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and, and but that's my thing. So, like, are we going to push ourselves to be generous to where we see God working in this world? And again, it's I hope it's in this congregation. Um, but he's doing so many things as we support so many missions organizations mm-hmm. through this congregation. We see God working even this Sunday. We're seeing in Poland through yeah. Eurasia doing yep. phenomenal things. Um, and so I would like to match any donation that people call into the office about to Eurasia. To Mission Eurasia. To Mission Eurasia. This Wednesday through Friday, from the airing of this podcast to Friday, I would like to match. And my stomach is sinking as I am saying those words, but I really feel like we need to start living what we're preaching, Hmm. not as in Scott and I, but as a people, as the church. (laughs) This is a very scary thing, but I know that God will provide. And um, so if someone makes a donation yes. to Mission Eurasia mm-hmm. and lets the church office know about it, mm-hmm. you're committing to match it. Yep. Mission Eurasia in general, specifically to the camps, what are you thinking about? I didn't think this through, Scott. <laughs> and I think, Jeremy, if, if that's what God is saying to you, then that's what you need to do. I don't like it. Sometimes we don't like it. Sometimes we don't like what God is saying to us, but he has his reasons. He, mm-hmm. There's something he's doing in each of us when he asks us to do those things that don't feel comfortable, that don't feel uh, controllable. The question is, do we trust him? And are we willing to join him in that work that he's trying to do to get to the root of the issues and the sin in our hearts? So that we can be holy and holy his. He wants to get rid of anything that stands in the way of that. I need to call Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) But it needs to be done. It needs to be done. I'll send out the link. Don't you dare. (laughs) With the uh, information about how to give to Missionary Asia today. Oh gosh, I really do have to call Rebecca. 
it's true. It's like it just gets so settled and they're like, okay, there's a 10% done. Like we don't even consider it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just a, this is obviously what's going to God. Done. Yeah. And that's where I think. Are we still recording? We are. Oh, shoot. My bad. That's all right. <laughs> and, but that's where I think like we can't get fixated on the number. Yeah. We can't get fixated on the percentage because he is the God who's given us everything. Mm-hmm. And he deserves all of it. He's entrusted it to us. And I think that's why Paul told Timothy, like, each person should determine in their heart mm-hmm. what they feel like they can give. Yeah. And they should give it then with a cheerful heart. God has some pretty strong words for people like Ananias and Sapphira, who when everyone in the church was selling everything they had and giving the money collectively so they could take care of the needs of anyone who had a need, they went and they sold a property they had. And they said, we'll tell the church we only sold it for this much and we'll give that much money to the church and hold back some for themselves. And Peter says to him, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to lie about how much you sold it for, so you only had to give that much. No one was requiring this of you. But because you've lied, not just to the church, but to the Holy Spirit, they were both struck dead. God takes the intentions of our hearts that seriously. And if money is getting in the way of that, he'll take away the money. He'll tell you to sell everything you have. Well, that's our conversation for today, but that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.